yeah, I'm going in the right direction. I'm going out of my way to stay inspired. And this is the most important thing to me. When you come from so much chaos, you have to choose how you want to live. This is Studio Confessions, the art and wellness podcast. I'm your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Let me take you with me. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers alike as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right. I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. When you come from so much chaos, the only thing promised is more chaos, compound chaos. Every choice becomes a question of survival. As far as I am now from chaos, every choice I make is from a sense of preservation, for peace of mind. Hi, dear listeners. It's been a while since my last monologue. I'm so happy to have been interviewing artists in person again from my home in Brooklyn, instead from my spaceship in the cloud, which, as we all know, I'm not very keen on or know how to drive all that well. Nothing brings me more peace of mind than knowing my podcast will come out glitch-free. Didn't you fall in love with the soft-spoken power of Demarcus McCoy and the exciting, powerful, playful work of Maria Lebana? I have more stellar artists coming to the studio, so stay tuned. During the pandemic, I had to pivot. As much as I felt discomfort recording remotely, I had to keep going with the podcast because it inspires me. I go out of my way to stay inspired. This is a lesson I learned quick. When you come from so much chaos, the only thing promised is more chaos. Sounds dramatic, right? But if you know trauma, you know trauma begets trauma. It's like that story they tell you in real estate seminars. Yes, I've been to a few. Tip number 90210. You have to have more than one thing in the mix, my friend. I'm talking to you, my art friends. Real estate, Avon, eBay, whatever keeps you going. Have more than one thing in the mix. Diversify. Diversify. So in these seminars, or at least in the few that I went to, they like to encourage you to find new solutions to old problems which is a marvelous thing, you can't go wrong. A parable they repeated was about this woman who made this great bread or meatloaf, we'll say meatloaf, and she cut either side of the edges off. And she would often get asked, wow, Luisa, let's call her Luisa, your meatloaf is great, why do you cut off the edges? And she'd reply, because that's the way it's always been done, that's the way my mother does it. And why does your mother cut it off? Luisa didn't know, so she called her mother up and asked, mom, Has the Avon lady come through? I mean, listen, I have a question. Why do we cut off the edges of our meatloaf? Her mother replied, because that's the way it's always been done. It's the way grandma does it. Luckily, grandma was still around, so Luisa called her grandma and asked her, Grandma, why do you cut off the edges of the meatloaf? Has it always been done that way? Did your grandma and her grandmother do it that way? Then her grandmother stalely replied, No, I had to do it that way because... The meatloaf wouldn't fit in my oven otherwise. And that's how trauma can go on forever. It is often passed down without question, or even asking why. And when we don't ask why, we assume this is the gravity of the world, when in fact we might be living in someone else's gravity. When I moved to New York, that's what I was doing. When I married a good man, that's what I was doing. When I refused to have a nine-to-five, that's what I was doing. I keep asking why, even now. Why is it this way? This way does not fit me. 
So let me do it another way. Let me be the grandma that finds my own solutions. And the only way for me to do this is to go out of my way to stay inspired, to stay in my good place with peace of mind as a choice. Because when you come from so much chaos, you know the contrast, and stepping out of your comfort zone for change or for betterment can be the hardest and easiest thing to do. But you just have to ask why to begin. It's the same unquestioned nature of the starving artist, isn't it? Why? Why do people believe you have to suffer to make great art? Why do you have to starve to be a great artist? There's more. The list is long and it's all cliche of a past world. But the same can be applied to the idea of the 9 to 5. I never fit into a 9 to 5. It felt wrong to me. Luckily, I did not have a mother or a father around me to call me lazy or a deadbeat. Because I think that's how society keeps you in check, right? They call you names, shame you into conformity, before empathizing or thinking about your needs as a human. I just saw the first episode to The Nevers, a Victorian sci-fi series with some kick-ass women saving the world their special powers. In the episode, there's a brief and startling conversation between one of the lead characters, Amelia True. She represents change and powerful femininity. Her exchanges with Lord Mason, who represents the patriarchy and absolute power, who wants to keep everything status quo at all costs. The conversation is about the francophone word employee that has entered the Anglo-Saxon vernacular. Lord Massey prefers the English word employ. Then Emilia points out that employ refers to a large expandable mass versus the French term employee, which refers to one person, an individual with a face and inherent rights. Mind-blowing, right? I might have to watch the whole series now. There's this hilarious TikTok going around of someone being asked, what is your dream job? And the person responds, darling, I have no dream job. I do not dream of labor. And that really resonated. I think it's Baldwin, or I don't know who it is, but it's just such a fabulous response. That really resonated with me. Because we are not all meant for labor. We are all meant to contribute of ourselves, but not to break our backs over labor. And guess what? That is our biggest puzzle to solve, really. And don't think of it as a problem, my friend. This is a puzzle. How do I earn a living from what I have to offer? from the talents that I've been given. If you can figure that out, you're set. Let me know how it goes. I figured out very early my art was my offering, and I was supported by my parents and teachers, but once you get into the broader world, and let's call it the broader world instead of the real world, because that's relative, you realize it's a little different. When I first got to New York, I worked at El Museo del Barrio as their in-house artist educator. I gave tours and led workshops to groups of artists, groups of teachers, and groups of museum goers. I had just graduated high school myself and felt very accomplished for doing this job and having this role. I really felt like I was doing my part to keep the world turning. I believe that now with everything I do, from this podcast to my collages to my collage kits. If I didn't, what is the point, right? Well, back then, I had a close friend whose partner was in finance. And one day, this guy, Michael, we'll call him, asked me, so how long are you going to play with paint at the museum? When are you going to get a real job? First of all, that was a 9 to 5, so it could not have felt more like a real job. I replied with 
utmost sincerity. I'm doing important work. <laughs> he scuffed and I continued. I'm teaching people about my culture. I'm showing them that a brown man can speak about art and in our own terms. You think that's important work? He asked me. Granted, he was indeed in finance, and indeed he was a white man, whose sense of importance was skewed by his own privilege and the rat race he was in that promised him stock options for his working life. But it surprised me. It gave me pause that this was someone in my circle. How could someone so close to me feel so above what I held and still hold so sacredly? And most importantly, how the hell am I hanging out with him? And that was the meatloaf lesson before I even learned it. I was hanging out with them because we were gay, because his partner was Mexican. And I thought, well, we stick to our own, right? Why? Why? When you ask yourself the right questions, you will find the answers you're looking for, always. So I stopped hanging out with them. Not because they were not artists or didn't share my views, but because keeping their friendship would undermine the sacredness of my calling. And no friendship is worth that. This podcast is sponsored by me and CollageDream.com. Get your collage kits and start making space for your personal narratives through collage. Want to dive in deeper? Take a collage therapy session. Nope, I'm not a doctor, nor am I an engineer, but I am an artist. Let me help you get through your blocks, creative inquiries, and guide your curiosity. Go to CollageDream.com. The studio is open. These are some of the things you give up as part of the price of staying inspired and having peace of mind. No nine to five, no healthcare, no pension. That's the price of non-conforming and living in the US. But, and here's where it gets icky but fun, we do live in the US of A, where capitalism is the only true God. And that is where we, you and I, can win. Listen, don't get discouraged by the whole GameStop drama. What happened there, well, the little people got good at the big man's game, and they didn't like it, so they pulled the plug. What's new? Anytime you go for the big honcho's money, applying their rules to their game, of course they're going to come after you. They can do that. You can't play by their rules. By definition, it's their rules, and they will pull the rug from right under you, if they please, especially if they feel threatened by you. That's why you got to play your own game with your own rules. That's the gift of being an artist. That's why we are here. I'm not saying abolish 9 to 5. I'm saying if that's not your shtick, if it's hurting too much, if Sunday night anxiety has got you blue, then that's when you know. There is no one-size-fits-all, my love, even in art, especially in art, actually. And it's all worth it. When you pinch yourself and ask why, you realize you're part of the status quo of struggling, even in art. Recently, I connected with someone I hadn't seen in years, and they asked me, how's the art game? And before I could even answer, they responded, tough, right? And I was like, listen, well, at this point, I'm not stopping. I am not playing that win or lose game. So either way, I win, and that's my shtick. When you come from so much chaos, you tend to believe that struggle is the only narrative, the only way of being. Suffering becomes the status quo. Look around. This is how we got here. Choose what moves you, above all, and lean into it, regardless of what state the world around you is. Because, listen, 
The only way you will change the world is by changing yourself. Recently, I led a group of LA teachers in a collage therapy session put together by my aunt. These teachers had been through it. Over a year of remote learning, and like most teachers in the world, they were thrown into new technologies and the role of therapist and friend to not only their students, but to the students' parents. The prompt for the session was summer visions. I asked them to create a collage that depicted the kind of summer they wanted, that they were looking forward to. And wow, mind blown, these teachers were ready ready to play, ready to manifest. In my collage kits, I always send a whiteboard as the canvas. Most people, including myself, stay within the confines of the cardboard, not these teachers. Their collages exploded off the canvas board. The images, the shapes and colors coming out in every direction, they were ready. One of my closing questions was, had anyone traveled locally or further during the pandemic and what they had discovered? Everyone stayed quiet with a blank stare. My aunt stepped up and responded for the group, No, but we know someone who has. Excitedly, I asked, Oh, who? Anticipating an exciting story to follow. But from that small, tiny, little frame on the screen, I could see my aunt's snarky, yet loving, but snarky face as she replied, You. Oh, I thought, caught off guard and feeling a little bit lightly attacked. I quickly owned up to it and replied, oh, right, heck yeah. I said, as soon as Elvis and I could get out of Dodge, we did. We made sure we were safe, we were not harming ourselves or the people around us, and left. Listen, when you come from so much chaos, you have to choose your peace of mind deliberately. Forget the peril of the pandemic. I was not sticking around to watch black and brown people being killed and put in cages. As brown people, people of color, you're expected to stay in line, to follow rules, that those at the top who set the rules aren't following. So again, let's not even play that game. I'm so glad I did not let fear stop us. We followed common sense, took as much precaution as we could, and took our trip to Mexico, which turned out to be life-changing and life-affirming in the best way possible as was our trip to Florida a few months later, around Elvis's birthday, which coincided with spring break. And oh, that was a sight to see. And there it was, this nasty contrast in the media of white Americans on spring break, framed as vacationers looking for a good time for spring break without masks, while the brown people, the black people, on their spring break were framed as rowdy thugs looking for trouble. I want none of it. The whole travel conversation caught me off guard because I felt judged from a benign place. But suddenly I realized, oh, I have been canceled by some people on Instagram, actually. Ha! Huh. I hadn't realized when they had posted hateful remarks about travelers and privilege, they saw me as part of the problem. It made sense to me for a second. But then I thought, listen, go write an email to your elected official, talk to the people in power and mind your own business. Because when we hold each other accountable over the people with actual power, whose actual job is to protect us and guide us, all we're really doing is keeping each other down. I love my aunt, and I know she meant no harm, and in many ways she was trying to keep me in line, all from a loving place. I know this without a doubt. But I'm not abiding by tribe rules when I was never embraced by any tribe. And the fact that this even came up made me realize, yeah. I'm going in the right direction. I'm going out of my way to stay inspired. And this is the most important thing to me.
When you come from so much chaos, you have to choose how you want to live. Let me stop here, though, because I want to go play with my baby niece who's visiting from California. She is the prize, and the price I had to pay. When I was a kid, I went out of my way to show my siblings new things, to distract them and avert their eyes from the chaos we lived in, if only for a little while. We would go to museums, parks, restaurants, to try new foods. When you're a child, everything is new and exciting, and I love that. And now, one of my sisters is here with her husband, a good man, her Elvis, and I get to smile, knowing that it was all worth it. When I smell the sweet smell of my niece's hair, I smell the sweet culmination of prayers answered and the price of going out of my way for inspiration and peace of mind. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you've heard something that moved you, please share it. You are the candle that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer.